Welcome to The Resting Pendulum. I am Peter Codius, your host. Season 2, Episode 13, Intentional Exclusions, Distortions, and COVID Vaccine. In this episode, we will explore recent and ongoing exclusions of pertinent facts, distortions of facts, and a disturbing reality regarding the delivery of the COVID-19 vaccine. We'll also add a tip on climate change. I'm going to also ask you to pay attention to whatever news outlet you listen to, although you're not going to hear much of what I'm going to say next on on mainstream uh, news, or probably um, neither will you hear it on any of the major social media areas. But you're going to see over the course of just the next few weeks um, a lot of opinion regarding much of what we're going to talk about today. If you've been paying attention, any attention at all, for the last four years, you have heard a consistent message of hate, most of it directed at Donald Trump and defined in many demeaning terms such as Nazi, tyrant, and fascist. The facts show us nothing could be further from the truth. First and foremost, we should all know that no American president wields the power to rule unilaterally over the people. Listening to comments, speeches, and actions from those now controlling the White House and both houses of Congress, it is apparent that we could fairly expect to witness leadership that is more along the lines supporting a totalitarian ideology. Based on facts that we witnessed in Democrat-run states and cities during the year of COVID, that label would be pretty close to the truth much closer than the message of inclusion and unity that has been touted by President Biden. Time will tell, and we'll see firsthand. But strict regulation, worshiping climate change, partnering with a terror state in Iran, eliminating border security, which in its essence will lead to open borders, shutting down the XL pipeline, giving up energy independence on a whim to satisfy extreme environmentalists without any plan to replace it, and willfully ignoring the Constitution and redefining the meaning of legal citizen will become the order of the day. Pay attention. You're going to see it first, firsthand. Totalitarian governments are those that use centralized control based on subordination of the individual to the state and keep strict control of all aspects of the life and productive capacity of the nation, especially by using coercive measures, such as censorship and terrorism. I'll leave it to you to decide which political party more aligns with the definition. The smaller and less intrusive the government, the freer its people. Simple as that. One of the topics that appeared on our original podcast list was big government, and one which we invested many hours investigating. When we made the conscious decision to move away from a facts-first and only platform, we pigeonholed that episode. 
let me say that you would be sadly surprised how messed up our government is. If the government at any level, whether it be local or national, was a private business, it would be defined as dysfunctional and one that is operating on very shaky ground. And worse yet, it would be bankrupt. In clearer terms, we are faced with one big mess. Between the elected, the bureaucrats, and the union-protected masses at every level of government, we have created a culture of corruption, lies, incompetence, and deceit. You may think there is nothing we can do about it, and you would be wrong. We can cast aside red and blue and be arrogant toward red, white, and blue. If there was anything the Trump administration showed us is that people rally behind America first, not America alone and only, but America first. It is us against them, and the only way that we the people will win is to drive the elected underperforming representatives from office by getting off our collective duffs and taking control by becoming involved at the local and state level and demanding of state parties, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, and demanding alternative choices during our primaries. If we continue to be complacent and allow them to make promises they can never deliver or continue down the path of willful ignorance, well, shame on us. We get what we vote for, and that's just the way it is. When you consider some of the allegations that have been made regarding fraud, well, would you consider cheating fraud? I don't know. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But uh, think about it. Is cheating fraud? Looking at the decline of our country, quite frankly, I think we are in decline by changing our moral codes that defines decent people for the sake of votes and power is not a long-term solution. I agree that every individual has the right to determine how they want to live their life, and I have no issue with that. However, in my opinion, they do not have the right to dictate to me what I find acceptable or even morally justifiable. I have the same right as any other person, as do you. To mandate what I have to think, that's a little out of bounds. Unfortunately, today there are a lot of Americans that have dismissed God as part of their life for a variety of reasons. Be it atheists or secular parents, teachers or professors, or simply by living a me-first view of life, that disregards any influence in their lives beyond their own desire. In any case, the resting pendulum believes having no faith in anyone or anything leaves little room for defining the purpose of life. Becoming nihilistic and believing life has no meaning. By now, I am confident that wherever you stand in the political circle, most of us possess the capacity but not always the courage to face 
known and acknowledged facts before committing to a hard and inflexible position. We would like to present a few very simple questions before you close your mind to what 2020 brought to every American. COVID-19 is a terrible virus, one that has been directly tied to China and has spread either accidentally or intentionally worldwide. It has taken millions of lives and destroyed millions more with no real end in the near term. There is no cure. There is a limited amount of vaccine neither we or the experts know will prevent our contracting the virus, which is now in its third iteration in the UK and Africa and said to be more deadly than every one before it. Governments all across the world are baffled and clueless. Both federal and state governments here in the United States, along with our healthcare delivery system, is proving to be grossly unprepared to deal with it. And we, the people, have been provided no clear path forward. And you trust and support big government? Why? Government proves every day that they are incompetent, tone-deaf, and intellectually challenged to the point where they can't handle this problem. The fear factor is paralyzing. The depression that accompanies the unknown is debilitating. The proven inability to lead is frightening. Worse yet, all these things are proven to be factually true. Yet here in the United States, many politicians, overwhelmingly Democrats, I might add, continue to blame one man. When he closed travel from China, he was called a racist and a xenophobe. All while, they were calling for people to freely come to the United States from anywhere on the planet. They were encouraging us to mingle, to shop, to eat out and party, as if it were New Year's Eve every day. Until they realized the virus was real. And then they and the mainstream media went dead silent. We didn't point fingers at them, though, did we? We didn't say it was their fault that we have the virus. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's because there's a group of people out there that are only interested in power control and keeping us in line. Who they are, we'll figure it out. It's only a matter of time. And they should be punished for it. All of these people stayed squarely aimed at an easy target, but not a solution to the problem. They then used the deadly virus as a tool to modify, change, and avoid the Constitution in many states to materially alter the course of our elections, and said, there's nothing to see here. They lied, and unless you are brain dead, you know they lied. Outright fraud may not be have, have been committed. However, unlawful acts certainly were, and there were plenty of them. Here's a sample. 
I have two long-time, very close acquaintances that live in two different states. Both of them are in possession of original $1,200 stimulus checks. And one of them is in possession of a 2020 mail-in ballot. They were sent to people in their households who have been deceased for two-plus years. Dead people. Only because the people are honorable do the checks now live in drawers. But they will always serve as a reminder of how inept our government is at every single level. You see, it is not the politicians that make the empty promises that run the government. It is the bureaucrats and the union-protected employees that run the government. This fully and firmly entrenched majority is what makes up the deep state, not the politicians. They could be uh, eliminated at the ballot box. But the bureaucrats and the union workers, they pretty much have lifetime jobs. None of them, by the way, suffered during COVID. They all got their paycheck every week. Even though many of their offices were closed, there was no, no reduction in compensation. These are the people that throw up roadblocks, slow walk requests, and ignore instructions and orders from superiors. But please, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I do not hold any animosity toward the unions because they are doing exactly what they say they will do. That is to protect their membership and uphold their negotiated rights and benefits. Those who I hold the animosity toward, however, are the elected officials that allowed the unions in the government in the first place. You see, government isn't designed to make a profit. And all its investors ever expect is fair value for their investment, also known as taxes. Unions, through negotiated contracts, have a stranglehold on the government and much of that is due to the fact that they're better negotiators, and they have a real customer. The government is negotiating with other people's money, not any proceeds from providing something of value. Elected officials should never be allowed to negotiate with any entity that controls votes because it is a conflict of interest, interest and quite frankly, that's corrupt. We can't ever seem to rid ourselves of corrupt people, can we? They hardly ever get fired or charged even with a crime. One would have to be willfully ignorant or just plain stupid not to see that. Here, try this one. If you are ever questioned as a material witness regarding a federal crime by the FBI, I suggest that you take all the records and files you have that pertain to it to their office in a cardboard box, and then burn them in their presence. See where that gets you. Yet Hillary Clinton ordered the destruction of evidence in a criminal investigation, and it went away as if it didn't matter or even happen. And this happens every single day. It doesn't matter what party these people are in, politically that is. It's how much power do they have? How much power do they wield? How much influence do they have? Yet we, the people, continue to support and fight for the same old, same old. Weird, isn't it?
but we do it. On January 20th, 2021, our country once again began moving in a different direction. On the surface, to me, it looks much like Obama III on steroids, a direction that will invariably move us closer to a totalitarian style of government where government decides what's best for us and no expression of dissent will be acceptable. If you speak out, you will be canceled, as is the history of our country, never to be heard from again. Open dialogue that is disagreeable to the regime and their supporters in the mainstream media, along with those in social media, will not be permitted to be shared. If you try to do it, they'll censor you. Yes, I know you think I've lost my mind, and that everything will be a love fest proclaiming unity. Well, put it this way, talk is cheap. And in the first five days, it looks to me that unity is not on the agenda. Why do I say that? Yesterday, I received from the Democrat National Committee the official DNC priorities survey. It starts by saying, I quote, One of the best ways you can help Joe and Democrats nationwide is to share what issues you care about most. Not to help heal, unite, or even for all Americans, mind you, just Joe and Democrats. It is about Democrats against the other half. But it gets worse. The issues on the survey, in the exact order they appear, are concerns with COVID-19, jobs and the economy, gun violence prevention, immigration, racial justice, environmental justice, campaign finance reform, veterans, criminal justice reform, women's rights, LGBTQ plus rights, education, voting rights, workers' rights, social security, Medicaid and Medicare. The Democrats really care about seniors and those without health care, right? Health care isn't even mentioned anywhere in the survey. But they are very partial to various forms of justice, though, whatever that means. Do you honestly believe that a lifelong influence-peddling, do-little-to-nothing laughingstock in the Senate earned the greatest number of votes for president than any person in our country's history? Do you believe that? I can. Sadly, many do. He blew President Obama's white guilt voting totals out of the water. He massacred Ronald Reagan. He outvoted a person that had garnered the most votes for a sitting president in our country's history. Come on, folks, let's get real here. Look, I honestly do not care how you voted because that's your business. I get it. But spare me the Joe Biden was the better candidate nonsense. If if a person is honest, even the most partisan among us, they have to admit the man is incompetent. And if he does not follow orders, he will be removed from office by his own political party. And it'll be done much more before the end of his term. And it will go downhill from there 
as he will be replaced with an absolute radical nobody of proven questionable character. That's going to be our next president. Ain't that grand? We're a mess. I've said it a hundred times and I'll continue to say it. You may not think that's a big deal. Well, I think character is a big deal. President Biden announced that the government is going to open virus testing locations all over America. What? Why? A test doesn't prevent one from contracting the uh, virus, and we're almost out of the initial run of vaccine. And if you add to that scientific news that says the latest strain of the virus hitting Africa and the UK, as I mentioned earlier, cannot be averted by the current vaccines, and if true, then we're back to square one. So what? what's with all the testing? I have a very good friend right here in Arizona. In November, he was tested. He had antibodies. Everybody was happy. Antibodies basically is the aftermath of someone that had COVID, and they're in pretty good condition. And then early December, he was tested again, and it came out negative. So far, so good. Then toward the end of the month, his stepson returned from uh, living in Europe, and the and he, he moved in with the family, uh, albeit in a, a guest house, detached house. But they decided, let's get tested again. You never know. Well, lo and behold, the stepson and my friend both were COVID positive. That happened on the 27th of December. My friend has COVID. He's still sick. And this is the 21st of January. Another friend in New Orleans going about his life normally. And out of the clear blue, boom, he and other members of his family contracted COVID. He was hospitalized, returned home three days later, back in the hospital, and after 15 days is still suffering from the somewhat aftermath because he's not out of the woods yet. All of these things are documented facts, and although we may bury our head in the sand, facts are facts. How do you feel about the relatively few that caused havoc and took a few lives by their unlawful behavior at the nation's capital on January 6, 2021? Some people blame it on a speech. I find it disgusting. And if it were up to me, I would hold those responsible to the full extent the law allows. However, was it a riot or was it a peaceful protest that spun out of control. It certainly was not an insurrection. Have you ever visited our nation's capital? If you have, you would have or should have noticed the degree of security that surrounds it. Did anyone in the mainstream media ever say how the rioters got in so easily? What's the purpose of security if it's not employed when it's needed? How did that help? How did it even happen? I can tell you this. Try that at my home, and one or more of us is going to be seriously harmed. The odds are the perpetrators will not like their end of that event. Why we couldn't protect the Capitol from... I don't care how many tens of people were there. They weren't all armed with automatic weapons. They broke windows. Yet we ignore 
and bury what happened in Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, and other cities over the past several months. In those places, there was burning, looting, the destruction of both public and private property, the demolishing of national statues and monuments just because, and the killing of innocents. But we were told they were mostly peaceful protests. Are we that stupid? I fear we are. The current vice president of the United States started a, a bail fund to get many of those people uh, out of jail with a free pass by paying their bail. Yet it happens in the nation's capital, and it's a riot, an insurrection, a cause for impeachment of a sitting president. Why? Because instead of trying to understand, engage, and negotiate, we have learned to hate in capital letters. When we applaud the misfortune of others, we have sunk to a new level of human disgust. No way around it. On to COVID. Why are we being told that hospitals are being overrun by the demand for care? And why is the vaccine distribution system so dysfunctional? Why have so many doctors moved to virtual appointments in hospitals eliminating all elective surgeries? I'll tell you why. Because they have no idea how to proceed and are clueless as what to do. Do you believe hospitals, the majority of which are nonprofits, focus on providing quality care before earnings? If you do, I suggest you may be naive. Don't let the nonprofit uh, tag trick you. For example, if care was first and foremost on their list, why would a Band-Aid cost $10 and a single aspirin $5? They overcharge for everything. And then they negotiate with insurance companies and the government for reimbursement. However, if you are uninsured, you are fresh meat. According to MyMedicalScore.com, medical billing errors alone cost Americans $210 billion annually. Roughly 12 million Americans are being misdiagnosed. As many as 80% of medical bills contain at least one error. A little more than 4,000 surgical errors occur every year. And it is estimated that seven to 9,000 patients die every year simply from medication errors. You may be aware of the two leading causes of death in the United States. They haven't changed in years. Heart disease is number one, and cancer is number two. But do you know the number three cause of death in the United States? Medical error. The anomaly of COVID-19 showed up in 2020. However, according to a Johns Hopkins study of 2016, it is estimated that 250,000 people in the United States typically die each year from medical error. All this being said, and yet if you search USA facts, 
there is no mention of any deaths being attributed to medical error. If you search the CDC, there is no mention of any deaths being attributed to medical error. Hmm. I wonder why, if it's number three, cause of death. Now we are all to accept and celebrate the medical industry as the first line of defense against a pretty much unknown virus that has no known cure. And then we have to ponder why such a high percentage of frontline health care workers are refusing to be vaccinated, many of them due to political reasons. Yes, I said political reasons. That was their answer. Now, to say that I don't have empathy for the f- f- folks in the healthcare industry would not be factual. I do. Uh, and, and to do what they're doing is tough stuff. I mean, they're out there, front lines, very little protection, uh, no cure if they catch the, this uh, virus. Uh, just a bad situation all around. Not good for morale. I was in the hospital twice over the last three months. And believe me when I tell you, it's depressing. Uh, Maybe there are some places that are all cheery. Well, where I go wasn't cheery. You can see that people are concerned. They're perplexed. Their morale is in the tank. Uh, and, And it's just not a good situation all the way around. But it's interesting to to note that when science experts, science, remember everything is follow the science, say it typically takes years for a vaccine to be judged as to its effectiveness, we are expected to believe, simply because the government funded much of their research, that the COVID vaccines that are currently available will be effective. And the basis for that is what? You decide. Then on the weird front, we have the infamous Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York City, proclaiming, (laughs) I, I can't help but laughing, that high school graduation rates rose to record highs in 2020 of 78.8%. In his words, no matter the circumstances, New York City students continue to make record progress and exceed our expectations. All this while New York City high school seniors were off for four months, and an estimated 13.5% of them have not even fulfilled their region's diploma requirements. Yet they received their diploma anyway via virtual graduations. Now, so-called education advocates have petitioned the SED to waive all regents' exams for 2021, which will guarantee that all will graduate. They and Mr. de Blasio are 100% morons. How would you like to be an employer and hire some of these geniuses to be a part of your organization? <laughs> it's, it, it's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing how people will cover up bad with a a cloak of good. As we uh, conclude episode 13, and thanks to my childhood friend A.S., we offer a tip to one way we can all support climate change with little negative consequence. 
Did you know that global toilet paper demand uses nearly 30,000 trees every day? That's 10 million trees a year. After reading these numbers, the good news is that if every person in the world that occupies a home and uses toilet paper installs a bidet in every bathroom, that action alone would save a significant number of trees. You see, climate change isn't that difficult. We simply have to make difficult and expensive decisions. But now the bad news. If every home does install bidets in every bathroom, to really affect the climate, we also have to reduce the population of industrialized countries by at least one-third, eliminate all asphalt, all tall office buildings, all concrete roadways, all gasoline-powered vehicles worldwide. Now, are you more prone to make the bidet decision? I think not. Thanks for listening. And remember, when you awake tomorrow, commit to doing the right thing the right way for the right reason. Until next time.